It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. The Wolves need lower usage type role players, and uh, that's what I, I think the direction we're going is is both of these guys, Kessler and uh, and more, are kind of lower, uh, or I should say higher floor, lower ceiling type guys where they're going to play a role. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every day, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I am your host, Ron Johnson. We're going to bring my producer in at some point. Sam Ekstrom is his name. Basketball is his game. Maybe. Hating on Kirk Cousins is kind of his game, but we'll save that for a different day. But draft, NBA, last night, Timberwolves looked a little Vikings-ish. There was some trades. It was some trades to the point where I thought Jake LaRavia, I don't even know how to say his name, LaRavia, LaRaya, what is it? Jake LaRavia. I'm going to go with that. I thought he was a Timberwolf. I liked the pick. And then I realized, you know what? They traded with Memphis. But here's who they got. Kessler, Walker Kessler out of Auburn, 7-1. He played with the other top Auburn pick. And then they also went and got Wendell Moore Jr. I really like that pick. I watched a lot of Duke basketball. Why? Because of Pablo Bancaro. Pablo Bancaro, I don't know where Coach K found this kid, but Coach K landed the number one draft pick in the NBA. If there was any team that he could go to, and if there was any player that they should have gotten over Chet Holmgren, the Orlando Magic, I'm okay with Pablo Bancaro because from after that, like, Final Four run, I said he was the best player in college basketball, and there he is. But as I bring Sam in, before we jump into this Timberwolves reaction and what I think, and what does Sam think, we have a word from our sponsors. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Travelers Championship this weekend. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. You look at what the Timberwolves got. And here's my take. You look at Cat, the big center, 7-1 guy. Um, he's definitely not going to take Cat. He's not better than Cat. This is what I think, though. If you want to go him at center, Cat at the four, you have a really big lineup. And then you go two six five slashers and Wendell Moore Jr., with uh, Anthony Edwards, and then you throw D'Angelo Russell. <clears throat> what do you get out of that? We well, got Wendell Moore, who played forward in college, can guard anybody on the court that's about 6'9", down to six feet. I mean, if you watch Duke basketball, between him and Paulo Bancaro, 
They had a really good season. They just could not get it done in the end. But Wendell Moore Jr. is a guy that can will his team. He's a slasher. He's not afraid to finish with the opposite hand. He he, he uses the rim as, a, as, a, as another kind of uh, post where he goes under the rim and uses that to stop the shot blocker from getting it, and he kind of can cradle it under. I mean, that North Carolina game, he kind of came back to life, willed him back into the game, has a really nice step back three at the top of the key. He's a guy that can bring the ball up the court. So if you put him at the point, because in today's basketball, you don't really need a true point guard anymore if you just have a bunch of guys on the court that are going to play well together. If you go Wendell Moore Jr. at the point, you go Anthony Edwards at the two, and then you now have some other pieces in there like Cat at the five. Now you have a different type of lineup. You got a, a six, two, six, five guards where if you're playing a team with a smaller guard, post them up. I mean, you got to use that to your advantage. That's what teams do to Steph Curry. When Steph Curry's on somebody, if they have a bigger body on them, they put them in a the post. That's what you can get. Not to say they're going to beat the Golden State Warriors, but I like that pick. There's one thing, though, that I was a little bit thrown off with. When you get two picks, I look at the Warriors, for instance. They got a really nice pick. Uh, kid, he went and played for his dad at a small school. Patrick Baldwin? <clears throat> Patrick Baldwin. And this is the thing about him. He's long. 6'10". Uh, was the number. He was like top five recruit coming out of high school, but, you know, got injured. Would have been a lottery pick after his freshman year. And then gets injured. And so... <laughs> You think about that. That's going to be probably one of those picks we look back on. Is like, man, I can't believe everybody passed up on this guy and the Warriors found a way to get him. Another pick that I like uh, was the Jovich kid, Nikola Jovich. When you watch his tape, I mean, you talked about earlier yesterday, uh, you talked about the movie um, with Anthony Edwards. Hustle. Hustle. And was it Bo? What was his name? Bo, uh, Bo Cruz. Bo Cruz. That kid reminds me of him. Like, when you look at his game, his ability to shoot, 6'11". I mean, he has a long wingspan as well. Like, the kid plays fast. Like, you watch his – not his highlights of the draft. You just go watch some because his games are loaded. That's another one. I'm like, man, why did the Timberwolves get him? Like, you have a you have two picks. You don't need the 7-1 bruiser. Go get you a 6'10 swing guy. You're in the West. I mean, unless you're truly going to put this guy in the game to go against some of these bigs – no, let Carl Anthony Towns deal with 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 uh, the Joker, and then you bring in uh, not Baby Joker, but you call this kid like Cousin Joker, whatever you want to call him. Kid's nice, kid can shoot six ten, six eleven, and can knock down the three. Like I don't understand why people continue to pass up on these guys, and then we're gonna look back and say, man, I wish the Timberwolves had got Nikola Jovich. Like this kid's good. Because you already have Anthony Edwards, you have Carl Anthony Towns, you got you could have got Wendell Moore Jr., and then you could have got. Jovich, like that's who I would have gotten. Nothing against Kessler. We'll see. Maybe he is the answer down in the post, but that's kind of my thoughts. That's interesting because now someone can correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure that Tim Connolly, the new president of the Wolves, is the same guy that drafted Jokic in Denver, or at least had a big part in that draft. So if anybody understands the value of like a Serbian big man, Tim Connolly. Yeah. Um, so that is interesting. That's a good point, Ron. And he I, was picked right after. Yeah. Yep. Is, is this the next um Giannis? Is it the next Curry? Is it the next Clay for the Wolves? But I do enjoy both of these picks for the following reason. I could see them both having a role this year. And I think in a year where the Wolves really have to win, I mean, this is a winning expectation this year for sure, probably better than a seven seed, maybe even home court advantage is the expectation mm -hmm. this year. 
Um, I could see Walker Kessler having a very nice niche coming off the bench, um, providing defense, which this team is constantly looking for, providing rebounding, and mm-hmm. just providing front court depth. And you don't need to be super refined when you're seven foot one. And he was the True. SEC defensive player of the year. I mean, yep. even if he can't shoot threes yet, he's on twenty percent at that. Um, it's okay. Like I know we all expect big guys to shoot now, but he might be very, very effective in the paint. So I think there's a niche for him. And Wendell Moore, I mean, this isn't some young, raw 18-year-old. He played three years at Duke in the ACC, and he, at times, you know, with, with Ben Caro, carried that Duke team to the Final Four. So mm-hmm. this is this is not a young guy with, like, we're hoping that he develops in a couple of years. I think he might be ready to contribute this year in right. one of those 3 and D kind of roles. So I like that these guys can probably have an impact right away and help these Wolves this year win and give them some of the depth they were looking for. Yeah, and I agree with that. Like, I, that's where I, I, I really like the window more because Duke players, um, like, I mean, even down to Tyus Jones, they seem to be very uh, NBA-ready when they come to the, to, the, in, to the NBA. Like, they seem to be pro-ready. They seem to have a sense of, you know, uh, plus-minus. Like, you look at Tyus Jones. You, you look at even his brother Trey Jones. Like, they, they, they have a really good plus-minus uh, type of game. You go back to, you know, I mean, not to say Kyrie, he, was on, he wasn't there that long, but a lot of Duke players, when you're around Coach K even for a second, it seems like it rubs off when they get there because Coach K has that old school USA basketball, you know, mindset of I got to get these guys ready to be pros. But again, I, I, I do like the defensive side of that pick with, with, with um, Kessler. And I do like the fact that he's 7-1. You did bring up a good point of, of, of depth. That was kind of the thing. When Cat went to the bench, uh, we were wondering who's going to be that next guy. Um, when Cat gets in almost in foul, like first, second foul maybe, maybe you bring him in, you leave Cat in at the four, and now you can put him inside to deal with some of the slashing guards, to deal with some of the protection, you know, getting blocks, uh, allowing Cat to stretch out and truly be a shooting four like he wants to be. So, yeah, so I could see him coming to contribute. I just – when I saw those highlights of Jovich, I'm like, oh, man. Like, why not? The kid is fast. He's a slasher. He can shoot. Like, the, the and the Heat are ready. The Heat went and got him. <laughs> and, and you look at the Celtics. The Celtics were in the finals, and they're still talking about, we need points. And who are they looking at trading for? Bradley Beal. All of a sudden, they want to get rid of Marcus Smart and bring in Bradley Beal. Like, teams are always trying to find a way to put more points on the board why not go get a Nikola Jovich? He's points. He's points with a team that he can be your three at 6'11". He can be your true three at 6'11". Anthony Edwards at the two. D'Angelo Russell at the one. Carl Anthony Towns at the four of the five. And then you go find you a four. Or Wendell Moore Jr. in there. Wendell Moore Jr. at the two. Anthony Edwards at the at the three. You know, Jovich at the four. Carl Anthony Towns at the five. Like, that's a nice death lineup. That's a bunch of shooters. That's five people that can put the ball in the hole. <laughs> like, you can spread teams out like the Warriors. That's just my take, though. I mean, hey, it might not happen that way. The Bears even over. He's like, man, look, I'm done. Like, I had too many beers tonight. I'm done. <laughs> but <laughs> up next, we're going to talk to Ben Beacon. He's locked on sports, uh, NBA draft analyst for the Wolves. He talks a lot of basketball. We've had him on the show before. He's going to give us his thoughts on the Timberwolves. Is this the pieces of the puzzle? that will help them be maybe a five seed or a four seed because they were right there, but certain games they couldn't finish. And we'll be back after this.
as we were in Ben Beacon and Ben, thanks for joining us. Um, let's just talk about it. Timberwolves draft, a lot of trades, felt Vikings-ish trading back. Um, what, what do you think of the first two picks for the Timberwolves? Yeah, so they took Walker Kessler, at, or they traded back from 19, I guess we should talk about first. There were a bunch of guys on the board that, uh, you know, would have potentially made sense if you believed any of the mock drafts that were out there. Some mock drafts even had the Wolves taking Walker Kessler, the seven-footer, seven-one big man out of Auburn at 19. Mm-hmm. But the Wolves traded back, uh, and they picked up two picks in the meantime, or, or, or along the way. They picked up 22 and 29. Um, and then at 22, they picked Walker Kessler um, from Auburn, and he's seven-foot-one, seven-five wingspan. Uh, he had an insane 90% block rate, which was like the second highest in the last two decades in college. He's a rim protector. He's great in pick and roll drop coverage, which the Wolves ran a lot of, you know, a couple years prior. And Carl Anthony Towns was not great in drop coverage. So they switched their coverages last year. They played a lot of high wall pick and roll, playing at the level of the screen um, and blitzing pick and roll coverages, some switching. And Kessler doesn't do those things as well, but he does play drop. And so that suggests to me that two things. One, the Wolves are going to play more drop coverage this year. And two, they're going to play Carl Anthony Towns at the four, which I know a lot of folks have been talking about recently as a possibility. Um, I don't think they're going to do it for that many minutes per game. I don't think, you know, Kessler's not going to start at the five, right? But, I mean, you get 12, 14 minutes a game as Towns backup, and maybe you steal four to eight minutes with him next to Towns, depending on matchups. And I understand why the Wolves took Kessler. I know a lot of people feel like he was, you know, could have gone later in the draft. Uh, but the Wolves picking him at 22, you know, I, I know why they did it. It makes sense. It's not a huge shock. Um, but it's it's maybe not the sexiest pick. You got Wendell Moore, who's technically a 6'5 forward guard. Is that kind of a sign of going young at the guards, knowing Anthony Edwards is your guy, and then trying to move D'Angelo Russell in that contract? I mean, I think they're looking for role players. D'Angelo Russell is a high-usage guy. He's somebody that um, obviously wants to be the straw that stirs the drink and also get his own shots. But Anthony Edwards is a higher upside, more dynamic, uh, you know, they're not similar players, but version of that in the sense that he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. And he's also going to initiate for himself. He's going to create his own shots and obviously of Carl Anthony Towns. So the Wolves need lower usage type role players. And uh, that's what I think the direction we're going is, is both of these guys, Kessler and, uh, and more are kind of lower, uh, or I should say higher floor, lower ceiling type guys where they're going to play a role. They're not, they're not like, Jaden McDaniels two years ago was drafted in the twenties and he was a swing, right? He could still be a star very well. Could be, he could be the third star. If this is going to be a playoff team, you know, a good playoff team in the next couple of years. And I think both Kessler and, um, and more are going to be more, you know, rotation type guys, potentially starting upside down the road, especially in the case of more. But I think, I think they're more likely just kind of role role player type guys. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. 
Ben, inevitably, there's going to be a guy. There's going to be a guy that the Wolves passed on, and other teams passed on as well, who's going to make teams feel foolish. Uh, did you have any opinions on who that player might be that you were maybe rooting for the Wolves to take at 19 or even 22? I don't know about, so with the way the board fell, it actually fell pretty similarly to what I expected. Tari Eason was the guy I really liked that I thought had a chance to be at 19, or maybe the Wolves would trade a second rounder or two to go up a couple of spots to get Tari Eason. He went at 17 to the Rockets, so he's the guy in that range. You know, Ochai Obaji went much higher at 14. He's another guy who I thought had an outside chance of falling. In terms of guys that went around or after the Wolves, so they traded out of 19. They ended up picking up 22 and 29. Malachi Branham went to uh, the Spurs at 20, so one pick after the Wolves traded away from 19. I like Branham quite a bit. I think he's somebody who uh, is a well-rounded type, higher upside player than than a Wendell Moore, who they got in the mid 20s um, at 26. So maybe him. I just don't, you know, I don't know that he'll be that much more impressive. There were some teams that reached for guys that I, I was surprised went in the first round. Um, that I, you know, honestly, I like Wendell Moore just as much as you look at the guys drafted between Kessler and him, I like him just as much as uh, Marjan Beauchamp, who the Bucks got at 24, and Blake Wesley from Notre Dame, who the Spurs got at 25. Both players that were rumored to be potential Wolves picks. I like Wendell Moore just as much or better. Um, so for me, it's the guys that almost made it to the Wolves, and particularly Tari Eason. And so when you look at these trades, I mean, honestly, the Vikings fans were like booing from their homes because you could see what Twitter was saying. Do you think like when 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 it's all said and done, uh, when the smoke clears, ESPN starts doing their thing, Locked On starts doing their thing, how do you think the fans are going to take to some of these trades when you look at players that are getting missed at the spots that they could have taken them at? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough with the NBA draft, especially it's so much about I mean, it's it's this way in all sports, right? It, it's all about value and how many there's the the famous NFL draft trade chart, like, you know, the, the points that each pick is assigned. And, and honestly, if you look at what the Wolves did, they essentially traded. I mean, sitting here right now, they traded the 19 and three future second rounders reportedly and also the 29, which they acquired to get the 22 and the 26. And that doesn't actually look like great value. But if you hit on both of those guys and you, you know, maybe you're trading those second rounders for additional future picks, then it doesn't matter. Right. And Tim Connolly now running the Timberwolves front office has done a fantastic job, especially with, you know, his misses were actually lottery type picks early in his tenure in Denver. Most of his hits were, you know, obviously Nikola Jokic in the second round, Monty Morris, their current starting point guard in the second round. Uh, more recently, Minnesota native Zeke Naji late sec late first round, Bones Highland late first round, Michael Porter Jr. was a bit of a swing middle first round. He has a really good track record in this area of the draft, and Connolly does. And, uh, you know, it's it's even year one, like, right? Like, I mean, there's plenty of guys who weren't very good year one, and by year two, year three, they're rotation-type guys. I mean, guys that Connolly drafted, um, Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez were both first-round picks by Connolly. They're still NBA rotation guys. They barely played as rookies. Um, you know, you could even talk about superstars, like Jimmy Butler barely played as a rookie. So it's going to be really hard to, to evaluate this fully unless, of course, you know, like last year or I guess a couple years ago now, Desmond Bain went with the last pick in the first round, and now he's one of the best three-point shooters in basketball, was a starter on, on a really good team, one of the best teams in basketball this year. So there's those guys who could make you regret it pretty quickly. Uh, but it's going to take a couple of years, I think, to fully evaluate this. And and unless, you know, somebody random in the 20s ends up being Desmond Bain very quickly, um, you know, I think they're drafting, again, higher floor, lower ceiling type guys that are going to be plug and play on the fringes of the rotation next year. Last one, Ben. Um, yeah. No trade of D'Angelo Russell on draft night. No blockbusters to speak of. 
Uh, do you think that increases the likelihood then that Russell is on the roster for the first game of the season? I think so. I, I know that there's a lot of folks reporting that that it's more likely than not he's traded this offseason. I've maintained at Lockdown Wolves, it's certainly possible he gets traded. They're obviously shopping him in a sense, right? They're obviously seeing what they could get for him. I still think the most likely scenario is he's on the roster. Um, and I think it's because uh, they were good last year with him, right? I mean, like, there's obvious reasons why he's not a perfect fit moving forward. I understand the, the logic of let's trade him now. Well, he's still got a year left on his deal, extension eligible. He's expiring next summer. But you were good with him on the roster. Obviously, he's got rapport with Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, they were better with him on the floor than with him off the floor. Um, and also, he is expiring next summer. So, yeah, you'd like to get something for him. But depending on what that something is, why not run it back, add a couple more pieces, and if he leaves next summer, you get the cap space. You could be active next offseason, too. So, you know, I think if they find the right situation, absolutely, he could be traded. It's very possible. Um, but especially the fact that, as you mentioned, we got through draft night with no D'Angelo Russell trade. I would put it, you know, this is this is maybe not the right way to, I, but I'm thinking like 75% chance he's still on the roster. Maybe maybe it's a 60% chance, something like that. He's on the roster. More likely than not, I think he plays for the Wolves opening night next year. Um, although, you know, a trade is always possible. Well, thank you, Ben, for joining us on the Ron Johnson Show. Up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Stay tuned for that. Well, we've told you what we think about the draft. We had Ben Beacon on, talked about his thoughts on the Timberwolves. D'Angelo Russell, make sure you go back and see what he said about D. Russell. Is he going to be on the roster or not? Got to go back and see. But up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Sam runs the show, so take it away, Sam. Thank you, Ron. Let's talk about the Twins, a little baseball talk. They played a noon game on Thursday, and they win by the skin of their teeth 1-0. Bullpen comes through at long last, and after an 11-10 slugfest the night before, one nothing final score. So the Twins salvage a game. They draw back even with the Guardians in the Central. Ron, um, you know, the series it was a bizarre series. Three one-run games. And I think it, the, the big takeaway is you should have swept it. So that's disappointing. But uh, it entertained three one-run games. And you got five more next week. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, so they're no games back. They're both even. But when you look at the win-loss uh, the Guardians are 5-5-4, five, five, and the Twins are 5-4-9. So they're giving the edge right now to the Guardians mm. based off win percentage. Now, of course, it doesn't matter because games behind, you know, if they have to have a play or whatever, it's going to come down to the end. But that was the game I talked about. It was key because now you have a three-game series, and then you got to play them five more times. So that win there, I hope that gave their one, their bullpen confidence. Two, they're bullpen to realize, you know what? If we pitch this way and our bats are alive, we we can win all five games next time. Like, that's the two things. If they can get those two things to work well together, bullpen works well, bats are alive. That's the sound of music, but that's in the heels if they're alive. But, yeah, I, I think the, I think the <laughs> Twins – I'm glad the Twins got one out of that because if they had lost that one and lost all three, the sky might be falling on Twitter. Like, the rest of this weekend – it would be a sky's falling situation because every game after that would start to matter because now you're like, here we go again. It's about to be the meltdown in Minneapolis. The twins are going to let it go. And then everybody's going to start focusing on the, on the uh, Vikings. Like, all right, let's get ready for training camp. Cause we're not going to the, uh, the playoff. There's no pennant race coming. Well, they're still in it. Like you said, maybe at the trade deadline, they can find some kind of somebody, some pitcher that's on a team 
that it's trash, but the pitcher's good, and he can come in and help this bullpen out and be a force down the stretch. But, hey, they got the win. That's all that matters. Gives them confidence going into the rest of this next series. And the Twins play a pretty poor Rockies team at home this weekend. There's a chance to win two or three games. Yeah, I've got another NBA draft question for you. Chet Holmgren does not go to the Magic. Bonchero mm. goes to the Magic. Chet goes to the Thunder, who are just racking up the draft picks. I think they had three first-rounders. Yep, How do you did. think Chet will fit in with the Thunder? So the Thunder are under a rebuild. I mean, when you look at the Thunder, and everybody's talking about how good their draft class is from a young pieces standpoint. Um, I think Chet Holmgren does well because he's on a team full of young guys. So you added Chet Holmgren. Uh, you know, Jay Nivey went to the Pistons. I kind of, that's good for me. One, Javen Hunter's from Detroit. We're from Detroit. So to see his son uh, go back home. But then you look at the rest of the picks for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They got Dang out of France. So another kid that's going to do well. And then they got Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. And, and so they're just, they're, they're adding pieces. You added a sin, or sorry, you added a small forward. You added a small four, which in today's NBA, it doesn't matter. They play the same position. You could put two small forwards on the on the court because of their size and their length. Um, they're giving them a B plus for one guy, which is Jalen Williams. They're giving them an A minus uh, for Dang. And then when you go up to Chet Williams, of course, that's going to be an A plus. And so when you when you look at the grades of this team, that's an A. So to get an A in the first round in any draft is key. But again, it doesn't matter till they bounce the ball and they play together. But I think Chet Holmgren, uh, being a young piece to this puzzle, he's going to have the flexibility to come in and be a star. Like they're going to want him to be what he is, which is push the ball up the court where you get the rebound. Start the fast break if you need to. But when you're playing the four, you're going to stretch the floor. We're going we're gonna to play Warriors ball. We're going to stretch the floor out. Chet Holmgren, where he's going to have to work is if there is a pick and switch, He's going to have to work on his defense because you know that's what the Warriors want to do with guys like that. They want to get Steph Curry or Klay Thompson on one of these bigs. And if if he can, if Chet can figure it out and, and be able to cover these guys and be strong enough and quick enough, he becomes a force. That pick does not matter anymore. That's where Pablo Bancaro, that's why he went one. You look at what he does, his explosiveness, his strength is 6'9", his ability to guard anybody on the floor. I mean, I'm not going to say he's LeBron, but he has those characteristics, and I think that's why he jumped Chet. His size, his body was already NBA ready, whereas people were going back to the Kevin Durant with Chet as far as how strong can he be. He's, he's not a guard. Kevin Durant's a guard. Chet's not a guard. And so that's where I think the question marks came in for Chet. But he still went number two. He'll be just fine. Props to Chet. And I want to give props, too, to the number 23 pick, David Roddy, who played for Breck. It's super surreal to watch these guys that I watched play in high school here locally in person mm -hmm. in the first round of the NBA draft. That's just crazy cool. So hats off to the Minnesota kids. Last one. This is a, this is a pretty meaty topic. We might have to pick it up on Monday. Uh, rumor has it you got people going on KFAN over the weekend talking about the top Vikings receivers of all time. I'm curious maybe where you had Justin Jefferson in that list and, and uh, what were some of the opinions that you were hearing from people? So, you know, when you talk about all time anything, you know, if you go tight ends, you know, Kyle Rudolph stands out, but Steve Jordan is going to be the number one tight end right now for the Vikings in history. Um, when you talk about running backs, you know, you got Robert Smith, you got Adrian Peterson. Uh, of course, AP is number one, Robert Smith, and then Dalvin Cook. Does Dalvin Cook jump Robert Smith already? You can't really say that just yet. Robert Smith was a beast. Um, when you talk about receivers, 
there's no question in anybody's mind that Randy Moss is number one. Randy Moss is number one in the entire NFL, in my opinion. I know Jerry Rice is up there. I know T.O. is up there. But Randy Moss was just – he was a super freak for a reason. So Randy Moss would be one. Chris Carter, just because of the longevity, the playmaking ability, the one-handed catches, the toe-tap sideline first downs, uh, the, 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 the personality. Like Chris Carter's personality was built for being mic'd up. Um, for the simple fact is he would spit facts. Like one dude, I remember uh we played him too when he was older with the uh with the dolphins, but he was he was a little bit older playing the, I think he was playing the Bears, and, and people probably heard this audio and the kid said something about like, shut up, old man. And you know, Chris Carter was like, <laughs> Oh man, you better get on your knees and pray that you can play at my age. You know, like it's just yep. like super real. Like it wasn't like a man, shut up. It was, dude, you wish you could be my age. Like, oh man, like, man, come on. Now I've been doing this for, you know, you want to be where I'm at. You know, your biggest comeback is old man. And so, you know, that's where I put him too. Now you got Stefan Diggs, you got Adam Thielen, and then you got Justin Jefferson. You got Amai Rashad, of course. That's tough. Like, it's tough because Justin Jefferson's only been doing this for two years, but he's got 3,000 yards already. In 10 years, if he stays on this, he's at 14 to 15,000 yards. So he's ahead of those guys. Like, that's where you, you know, but you still can't say he's better than Moss. I saw a tweet today that somebody, and this is an idiot just trying to get, you know, uh, interactions. Justin Jefferson doesn't run great routes. That's what he said. I can't believe he's a top three receiver. He doesn't run great routes. Like, shut up. So I'm going to have to kind of, preface it by saying Justin Jefferson is probably neck and neck with Stefan Diggs, like in Vikings history, as far as uh, output, if you do the average, not the total, because the total sum, Stefan Diggs is there, Thielen's there, Jefferson would be below. You look at where Thielen's already at, he should be in the ring of honor. You know, you look at the receivers that have gone in the ring of honor, and, and Thielen's already better than them, as far as statistics go. I would say Justin Jefferson has got to be in that top five. He's definitely in top five. Where he falls, I, I mean, I want people, like, tweet us, comment on YouTube, tell us what you think, but I'm going to say three right now. Like, I might sleep on this and come back Monday and be like, mm. nah, he's not three. But I went on K-Fan and I said he was three. That's why people were kind of like, really, ahead of just, or ahead of Diggs already, ahead of Thielen? What about Sammy White? What about Amara Rashad? Like, I looked at all that. But Justin Jefferson, and maybe I'm a just I'm I'm a creature and cap I'm captive of the moment. The gritty has taken me by storm. Like he's definitely the top celebrator. Like Moss Moon, uh, the Moss, whatever that was. The gritty <laughs> is definitely the Thielen dead arms dance. Like the gritty is definitely number one there. But I gotta I gotta say top three, top four. Like Thielen, Jefferson, and Diggs. You can argue those three can be three, four, five. You can put them all in there in any in any order. Some people would say Jefferson, Diggs, Thielen. Some people would say Thielen, Jefferson, Diggs. Some people say Diggs, Jefferson, Thielen. Only time will tell. I don't know. What do you think, Sam? I think we got to hold this over to Monday. I mean, this is a 40-minute <laughs> argument right there. I'm not going to say another word. We're going to do this Monday. We're going to hammer this out, and I'm going to come with a with a list this long of evidence points on on why I think what I think. I'm not going to say what I think. Uh, we'll have to do the quarterbacks too. Then we're gonna have to do the quarterbacks at some point then too. We're hey, to do it's a slow Vikings summer. We got time to kill. In the history of Vikings, you know, is Kirk Cousins number one already? That could be a good one. 
Well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show. I want to thank Ben Beacon. Of course, I want to thank Sam Extra, my producer, as he guides the Ron Johnson Show to the end from start to finish. Great job. We want to thank all those that continue to support us on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel, Locked On Sports Podcast channel. Wherever you get your podcasts, please make sure you download, share, and listen, and take us with you. Comment as well. Interact. Tweet us. Sam Extra, Ron Johnson. You can find us on Twitter. I'm not the senator. I'm the football player. He's white. I'm black. It's pretty easy to figure that one out. But I want to thank you guys for joining us and have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.